Hey guys, welcome to The Nursing Co-op. I am so excited that you're here. On this podcast, our goal is to build your confidence, expand your knowledge, and create a supportive, cooperative community for nurses, one nurse at a time. My name's Ashley. I'm a registered nurse on a mission to empower nurses to build meaningful careers and change nursing culture along the way. In our time together, I hope to share my experiences, provide you with resources, and create a space where you can find your footing as a nurse without judgment. We will unravel nursing topics and make connections with amazing guests to give you all of the tools that you need to build an incredible life and career. I believe that it takes a village to build a strong nurse. We are your village. This is The Nursing Co-op. What's up, guys? Welcome back to The Nursing Co-op. I am really excited that you guys are here for today's episode because we are talking about a concept called work-life fit. Now, I know you guys have definitely heard the term work-life balance. It's one that's kind of thrown around all over social media and in the news and everywhere where everyone's trying to achieve this perfect, quote-unquote perfect, balance between their work and their life outside of work. But this newer concept is sort of emerging amidst some of these incredible changes that are happening in the workforce, including things like the Great Resignation, where people are finally leaving jobs that are making them miserable and searching for jobs that better fit their lives. And they're demanding better pay and better work conditions and proper staffing and all of these great things that are happening. Amongst all of this kind of emerged this idea of work-life fit rather than work-life balance. Now, I'm sure this term has been around for a little while, but I have been hearing about it a lot more recently, and I'm finding that it's fitting what's going on in my life. So I thought we could chat about it a little bit because as you guys know, this podcast is definitely a kind of live action event of me trying to figure out all these all of these things in nursing myself and kind of sharing what I'm learning in this journey rather than me having it all figured out and trying to tell you what the right thing is to do. I, I have no idea <laughs> what the right thing is to do, um, but I am figuring things out in real time. And as I am learning along this journey, I just choose to share that with you guys. So I say this in part to remind you that if you are feeling something very similar to what I describe, that you are not alone and that that's a very normal part in anyone's nursing journey as far as I can tell because that's that's what I've experienced and what I've heard. But so I want you guys to know that w- these feelings are normal and I also want to normalize these conversations where we talk about things that may be difficult or talk about things that sound like we're questioning our careers or speak up when we're unsure about what we want to do next. And I think I think it's really important for us to be very honest with ourselves and with each other about the hard parts of this career and of this journey. Because I don't know about you guys, but one thing that really frustrated me was when I, before I became a nurse, I feel like I was told over and over and over again, oh, you're going to love it. It's going to be amazing. I love being a nurse. Everything's great you get great pay and it's a great schedule and everyone touts all these really amazing pieces about becoming a nurse. And those things can be true, but I feel like people don't talk about the crappy parts very often until you're in nursing school and you're in it. Then everyone tells you that it sucks. (laughs) It feels like a trap. I've talked about this before that sometimes it feels like nursing is like the biggest trap of the you know, career world where it's like, everything's going to be great. And then you're in it and they're like, just kidding. (laughs) A lot of it's not, but I know that that partially comes out of 
us kind of starting these careers in a pandemic state. Like this is very different than nursing has ever been. So I think part of it comes down to that. But also I think it's because we just don't talk about these crappy parts very often. We don't say them out loud. If anything, we just complain behind closed doors in the hospital and we don't speak up about what's wrong and how we can fix it. So that's part of my mission on this podcast is simply to pull the curtain back and have real honest conversations about what's going on, what's wrong in nursing, what's right in nursing, and how we can change this and build this career into something sustainable again, something that actually is really great. I want to talk about all of these things. So that is the reason that I structure this podcast the way that I do. It's also the reason that, as you can probably tell, I don't really write much down (laughs) when I'm going to go through these episodes. It is entirely unscripted and mostly unedited. I really don't take anything out. So it's a little bit all over the place, which is, you know, kind of the intro of this (laughs) specific episode. But this is important. So I just want to preface this by saying this is an experience I'm having right now. I don't have this all figured out, but I want to talk about it with you. So what is work-life fit? Let's just circle it right back to where we started. Work-life fit versus work-life balance. We so often hear about this concept of work-life balance. And I think the the inherent issue in that term is that it implies that we can find this perfect um, perfect balance between the two as if you know, you can split your time evenly and everything's going to work great. And that work is never going to bleed into your life and life is never going to bleed into your work when that's that's not how it works. Um, our jobs, our careers are such a big part of our lives. This is not just true for us nurses. It's true for everyone in the world. A huge portion of our lives is devoted to working. That's how we make money. That's how we pay our bills. That's how we contribute to society. It's a huge part of our lives as a whole. It's also how many of us find meaning or passion or purpose in our lives is through our careers. And so I think it's silly to think that we can have these separate lives, that we can compartmentalize in the sense that we have our lives outside of work and our work and they never are intertwined. When work-life fit is a little bit more individualized. It can shift. Um, It can change with the seasons. That is the idea of fit because you're fitting both pieces into your lives and acknowledging that these things are fluid and that they impact each other. It's a lot more about integration. So you may also hear the term work-life integration, same concept. The reason that I point this out and explain this is because I think so many of us have heard work-life balance for so long that we've been in this constant battle of trying to figure that out. Like we are going to figure out the answer to achieving this perfect balance and everything's going to be great. When I think what we need to start doing is assessing how these jobs fit into our lives and whether that is a good fit or not. Whether we are you know, finding that we're neglecting certain areas of our lives outside of work because the work is bleeding into our personal lives too much or vice versa or whatever. I think that we need to look at this from a different angle, which is why I want to point this out because I think we so often get hung up on these terms that we think there's something wrong with us, that there's something that we're doing incorrectly when really it's about figuring out what works best for you. So the idea of work-life integration or work-life fit 
is a lot more individualized. So I want you guys to to listen to this and kind of figure out what works best for you. So I'm going to talk about my journey in figuring this out for myself, at least up until this point, because I'm sure it's going to change and shift as it has over and over again over the past couple years that I've been a nurse. But today, I just want to share a few things with you guys that I've learned along the way of trying to master this kind of idea of work-life integration. I won't keep using that term just because I think it can be a little bit confusing. I wanted to clarify it initially, but really what I found that I needed was to figure out how to fit my life and my job in and fit them in in a way that was appropriate for me. I was finding that my jobs was taking over my life outside of work, was that I, I had no energy left to to put into my personal life. And I didn't want that. So essentially, I found, I got to the point where I was realizing that my job isn't fitting into my life appropriately and that there are really important things to me that aren't happening because of my job as a direct impact of my job and my schedule. So this has been something that I've been working on over the past six months now that I've had this job. Really, it, it kind of picked up over the past few months as I've been so overwhelmed trying to figure out the best way to do do it all. Because for so long, I was trying to fit everything in. I was, I think really the work-life balance idea was what I was trying to achieve is that I thought that I could take on all of these extra things, take on these new things, take on a new job, and somehow shove it all into the same 24 hours in a day that we all have. And that that wasn't really possible. So I had to re-examine. And so I want to talk to you guys about uh, the stages that I went through. And I think they, these are going to be things that are helpful for you if you're feeling the same. They're tactical things that you can work on if you are feeling a little bit um, out of touch or in balance, quote unquote, imbalanced, whatever in your life that you feel like there's areas that are being neglected and you want to shift things. So today we're going to talk about this from the perspective that your job is interfering with your life outside of your job. So your personal life. That's what I want to chat about today. And as always, that was a fantastically long introduction into the topic for the day. I hope at the very least that some of this like random chatter that I shove into these episodes is um, amusing to you or helpful to you. I like to think that you were driving in your car and like sometimes smile at my ridiculousness and, and how I'm talking in circles and squirreling all over the place because <laughs> I literally am talking to no one in my bedroom right now and so I laugh at my jokes <laughs> so I hope, I hope there's like one person that thinks this is funny if you don't <laughs> fast forward usually the first 10 minutes of an episode are just um, basic nonsense so <laughs> let's dive in so first thing I want to kind of set the stage and tell you guys where I'm at and then we can work our way backwards so as if you've been following along you know that I recently started a new job in the cardiac cath lab. Um, I went from ICU to outpatient in a methadone clinic and then back to the hospital in the cath lab. I've been a nurse for about two and a half years and I've been in the cath lab now for about six months, which is nuts because it feels like I just started. <laughs> and the schedule for this job is typically, the typical schedule is four 10-hour shifts per week. And then you take one call shift, 
call night essentially per week. And then there's a call weekend every six weeks. And I knew this going in. This is not a shocker. Nobody hid that from me. I didn't quite know what it would feel like to actually be on call and the amount of call that is involved in the sense that we we are called in quite frequently in the cath lab. Um, And so that means a lot of hours worked. And so I've worked this for the past six months. And over the past couple months, it's really ramped up. And I've really started to get kind of ingrained in the schedule. And what I found is that I wasn't doing my basic things. (laughs) I looked back and I was like, I'm not doing things like talking to my family regularly. I'm not exercising as often as I need to um, in the, for my mental health. Like I, I wasn't exercising. I was getting kind of depressed because of that, because that is a huge coping skill for me. And that's a huge tool for me is exercise. Even though sometimes I'm less than motivated, I know that it'll always make me feel better. I've learned that over years now. Um, so I wasn't exercising, wasn't talking to my family. I wasn't eating the way that I normally do. Um, I wasn't, you know, devoting my time to the things outside of work that are important to me, like this podcast, like my nutrition coaching, like my uh, personal training certification, all these things that I was taking on that I really cared about, I wasn't doing. And the reason that all this neglect was happening was simply because I was exhausted, because I was tired, because the job was taking all of my energy. And so all I could find myself doing was having enough energy to get home, eat something, zone out watching some show or something because I needed to decompress and then going to sleep and doing it over again. And then each morning I'd wake up very tired to the point that I wasn't waking up to exercise like I normally would, rushing out the door, not eating the breakfast that I normally would, grabbing something on the go, getting to work, feeling tired, drinking a bunch of coffee, not drinking enough water, all the things that I tell you guys, all the things I'm like, hey, don't do not do that. <laughs> Make sure you're taking care of yourself and prioritizing your self-care and your exercise, blah, blah, blah. all the things I see on here, wasn't doing all of any of them. <laughs> and so I had to kind of take a step back, reassess and troubles, troubleshoot the situation. So for me, the ultimate solution is that I will be going to a part-time schedule And I'm happy to talk about that a little bit more if you guys are interested in that type of schedule or want to hear a little bit more about how to talk to your manager in that situation. I'm happy to talk about it. But I am, that was the the decision that I reached. And it might not be the final solution. Who knows how it's going to fit. But like anything else, it's a matter of trial and error. So I want to talk through kind of my process to get to this point where I'm making this decision. I made a number of decisions along the way. I was trying different solutions and figuring out what worked and what didn't. And then I got to this point. So I kind of want to talk through that whole process. And I think this will be helpful for anyone just because these are like tactical little steps that I took that I think will apply to anyone in a situation where you're trying to make a change at work, trying to shift things so that your job can better fit into your personal life and that you can Make sure that you're taking care of yourself outside of work and, and having time for all the things that matter to you while you fit work in as well. So try these things out if you're feeling a little bit, you know, quote unquote, imbalanced or like you're getting overwhelmed with work and it's taking over other parts of your life that are important to you. Try some of these things and see if you can make some changes to make it more sustainable. So the first one is that I looked at my priorities. This one's 
usually always the first step in any in any situation like this where you're feeling like you don't have a lot of time. Um, look at your priorities and examine what can fall to the wayside and what you can delegate. This is true for nursing too. So apply the same rules when you are at when you're practicing as a nurse. Examine your priorities. See what can fall to the wayside and what you can delegate. What can wait and what can be you know outsourced. So I looked at my priorities and I said, okay, well my health, um, my relationships, my uh, podcast and my business and my work. Those are the top things. But then I also have housework. I've got laundry to do. I have, you know, car things to take care of. I've got appointments to go to, all sorts of just basic life things, cooking to do, meal prep, all of these things that are tasks that have to get done, but they aren't super high on my priority list that I might be able to, those little tasks, those are things I might be able to delegate or ask for help with. Um, They might be things that can wait a week or whatever. You know, the house could stay messy for a week if I'm super busy this week. I have to learn that that's okay if my other priorities are getting done, then it's okay that the house stays messy. So you kind of have to decide. So I looked at all of the things that I have to do in a week, everything that I think needs to get done, and I rank those things. I look at them and I say, okay, well, you know, the car needs to get washed. Meh, that's super low on my priority list. It's more of a want, right? So that can wait. Um, the house needs to get cleaned. My husband happens to be home on Thursday or something, and I can say, "Hey, can you let's tag team and get this done really quick so that I don't have to do it on the weekends and I can relax on the weekends, or I can work my podcast on the weekends or things like that. So just look at your list, write it all down, everything that you think you need to get done because sometimes, when you just keep things swirling up in your brain, it's so much more overwhelming than if you just put it to paper and looked at it. So write all your priorities down, rank them, and see what you could um, have weight or you know get rid of altogether or see what you could ask for help for or delegate. Maybe you can outsource. Maybe there's somebody who can come help you if you can afford that or if that's where you are in your life right now that you could you know, use some assistance. Maybe it's childcare. Maybe once or twice a week you're getting, you're paying for that childcare so that you can work on your business or, you know, have time to relax, whatever that looks like for you. So first thing, look at your priorities. It's always the first step. Second step is speak up about areas at work that could be improved. So for me, I was getting really frustrated because you know, I'm I'm realizing that I'm working too many hours and I'm getting frustrated about it. It's it's impacting my health, it's impacting my relationships, and that is a problem for me. So I would get to work and eat every single day doctors were scheduling cases after hours when the call team is supposed to be reserved for emergencies. We are there to take STEMI call and strokes, right? GI bleeds, emergencies. That is the whole point. We're not supposed to be doing scheduled cases after hours, but it was consistently happening over and over again where there are multiple cases scheduled after hours that keeps the call team there. It gets exhausting. It's frustrating. You don't have your resources because everyone leaves or it's forcing other staff to stay later, even if they aren't on call. And I started bringing this up. I started talking to my manager about it. I started writing what we call QAs, quality alerts, because it's not safe, right, for staff to be having to work later. That means they're fatigued. And the call team is tied up in a non-emergent case. So if an emergent case is called, that could delay things. It's just not how things are supposed to go. So it's not a safe situation. And so I just consistently keep bringing it up. And 
trust me, this is still going on. Um, I have not changed the world, but I keep bringing it up. And my manager has slowly, you know, has started to say things like, oh, I'm going to be emailing all the physicians and talk about staff fatigue. Oh, I'm going to look at how late people are staying each day. So I'm I'm bringing awareness to it. I, and it feels funny. I don't love this because as a very non-confrontational person, I don't like to make waves, but I, but I know that they need to be made. And I know that they need to be made for me, but I also think that they need to be made for my coworkers because people continually express frustration. And that's what we tend to do as humans. We tend to talk about what's bothering us. We don't tend to do anything about what's bothering us. So I encourage you, if there's some area at work that's getting you really frustrated or you're concerned because it's looking unsafe, it's not good for patient care, address it, bring it up, talk to someone, talk to your charge nurse, your nurse manager, file some sort of quality or safety alert, whatever your hospital has, if you think that's appropriate. That's not something that you have to feel bad about. It's something that should be addressed. So that's all it is. It brings awareness to it. Um, you can also do things like if your unit has a unit-based council that's productive. I know there's some unit, unit-based councils that are in their little baby stages and aren't really doing much yet, but that's also a great time to get involved because you can change things. So if you have a unit-based council and you really care about your unit and want to change things on your unit, join and see what you can do. Bring up ideas that you have or concerns that you have. It also gives you more visibility with management because you're in that position. So look at those things. Don't just complain. Don't just complain about what's bothering you at work. Work on taking action to make it better because that's the only way that things are really going to improve is if we change the culture. And at the very least, if you just want to make it about you, if you want to just worry about what your concern is, Schedule a meeting with your your nurse manager or your supervisor, whatever it looks like for your unit, and just talk to them. Express what's going on. Say, hey, you know, I'm struggling with this schedule. I'm feeling kind of overwhelmed at home, and I'm I'm neat, feeling like I need to make some changes. What could we do? Just you could also just have that kind of conversation where you're just workshopping or brainstorming with your manager, because I promise you, right now, they want to keep you. They want to help you stay on the unit. So if you bring up a concern, they should care about that concern. They should work with you to figure out how we can make things better. That should be their goal. And if it's not, that's a red flag for you. That's a manager that's not looking out for you. So at the very least, if you if you don't feel comfortable just kind of speaking out for everyone and filing quality alerts and and whatever just schedule a little meeting with your nurse manager, like a little one-on-one and just talk about these things because no one is going to try and help you if you don't tell them what's going on. So you can get help that way and you can also just do something for yourself instead of, like I said, instead of just complaining about things, take some action. I know that it's not comfortable, but it can be really helpful, especially if you're trying to make your job a sustainable thing. Okay, number three, make your mental health a priority. This one goes without saying. This is not ranking order. That one would be at the top. But I think as nurses especially, we tend to worry about everybody else. And this is true for our physical health as well. But I think mental health right now is so, so important. Um, And it's really important for us to achieve this fit because we have to have a healthy mental health life um, to make these sorts of decisions and, and make these sorts of changes. So make your mental health your priority. For me too, 
I needed to troubleshoot and, you know, go through all of these different things to make sure that it wasn't something else that was causing me distress, that was that was making me um, feel imbalanced and uncomfortable at work or overwhelmed at work. Um, I needed to make sure that it wasn't something else. So for me, I wanted to um, make my mental health a priority because I wanted to talk to someone and work through what was frustrating me and what was making me anxious to make sure that that wasn't just something else going on for me, right? Like if I if I worked on my anxiety and I started to feel better at work, well, then maybe something else was going on and it wasn't actually the job. It was something for me. It was something in my mental health. Um, so it's it's helpful to kind of rule that out, like work through what's bothering you at work, what, what you're feeling overwhelmed with, what you're feeling stressed about, anxious about, depressed about, whatever, um, whatever that looks like for you. If you work through those things and you suddenly start to you know feel better at work and enjoy going to work, well, then maybe it wasn't work. Maybe it's not something you have to worry so much about at work. Maybe it's some work that you got to do within yourself. So for me, I chose to um, go with BetterHelp. That's the therapy service that I still use. Um, I've been doing it weekly. I found that the cost, as as much as if you look at the cost and it feels overwhelming, the cost to me was cheaper than if I had a, th- a scheduled therapy appointment through my insurance. The copay that I ended up paying every time was more than what I'm paying for these sessions every week. So that has been a really great service for me. I'm so happy that I that I chose it. I'm I found a really great therapist that I really connect with, um, and that's the other nice thing about BetterHelp is that you can easily switch therapists without having to have that awkward conversation or um, making that shift in your you know session. You can just make the switch, um, and I'm happy to talk more about BetterHelp if you guys are interested in that service. You can always send me a message on Instagram if you want to do something more private or comment whatever you like. I'm happy to talk about it. I am obviously not sponsored. (laughs) I am just talking about this because I think these are things that we just need to talk about more. So I started using BetterHelp and I started to talk to my therapist about, hey, I'm feeling this way at work. This is making me anxious. I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling like I'm I'm neglecting these areas. I started to talk through all of these things with her. And it, it, if anything, it just magnified what was going on. So for me, I knew that there was some imbalance, some issue going on at work that things weren't fitting in appropriately. So for me, it did not just resolve it. And then I was like, oh, okay, well, now I just need to work on myself and not my my job. No, I knew I needed to work on my job and myself. Um, so we're still doing work. And it's been so helpful, especially just in this journey, even just making these sorts of kind of hard decisions at work. It's been helpful to have someone to talk about that is neutral and unbiased. That's the other appeal of of therapy and working on your mental health in this way. For you, it might also be things like adding more meditation. Um, It could be more yoga, mindfulness exercises, whatever mental health looks like for you. I just want you to make that a priority in this time. If you are questioning things, if you are feeling frustrated, if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're trying to fit everything in and trying to do it all and just getting so overburdened, this is the time to add these practices in and make your mental health a priority. Great. Next huge thing that I had to do, and I I kept cycling through this and working through it and seeing if I could tweak things and shift things and fit everything in is time management. So this is a huge area for nurses already, but I'm talking time management to manage your life and your work and fit them both in. So it's about setting really clear expectations and boundaries um, and, you know, setting kind of schedules and time blocking. That sort of thing is how 
you can work on fitting all the things in that you care about and see if it works. If you're overflowing, that's not a fit. (laughs) So that's the point that I got to. But let me talk you through kind of the process that I went through to see if it if it resonates with you, this is something, again, all of these things I want you guys to do within your own life. This isn't me just telling you about what I'm doing. It's me telling you what has worked for me, what process I went through so that maybe you can get something from it and pull what you need from this conversation. So first thing, set expectations with your family. This is true whenever you start a new job, um, especially if you just have become a nurse. It's really helpful to set expectations with your family so they know about your availability. Because otherwise, and your friends as well. Otherwise, you have people coming to you and, and not understanding why you're busy, why you're tired, why, you know, why you're working the hours you are, why you're not available like you used to be. So if people don't understand how your work works or how, you know, the the fit between your work and your life works, they're more likely to be upset and not understand. So set expectations and set times when you're going to call them and stick to it so that they can have that expectation so they know when they can talk to you and when you're not available or just explain things like for my family, I always tell them like, you can always call me. My phone's always on vibrate. I just may not answer if I'm at work or if I'm on call. And that's, I set that expectation so they know like, please call me. Don't feel like you can't call me and you have to wait for me to call you. But just know that if I don't answer, it's not because I'm ignoring you. It's because I'm most likely working. So just have those kinds of conversations with your family and your friends so they understand where you're coming from and what to expect with this new job or this transition for you. Second thing, plan the things that you don't think you need to plan. So schedule, if this works for you, some people don't like planning this much, but for if you are type A, like me, <laughs> then plan all of the things that that you need to do, even if they don't think if you don't think you need to. So like sleep, um, exercise, self care, those things should be a priority in your life. So I want you to schedule them in because you're more likely to stick to it if that is your style of doing things. Um, if you don't put it in there, you're it's more likely that you're going to try and put something else in that time block, or you know think that you have nothing to do, even though you could be taking a really restorative walk or a nap or seeing family instead of watching that Netflix show. Or the Netflix show may be what you do to relax. That's fine. Just schedule that time in for yourself so you know that it's going to happen throughout the week. So that you know that you have the right amount of sleep. So that you know that you have the time that you're going to be exercising. So that you know that you're going to have the time that you're going to relax. That you have self-care. That you cook for yourself. That you, you know, spend time with your friends, whatever. If you schedule that in, it's an appointment with yourself and you got to keep those promises more than anyone else's. You got to keep the ones to yourself. So if you have a friend that says, hey, I need, you know, I need you to come over and do this with me or I need help with this. You can look at your schedule and say, you know what, that's the time when I have my two hour self-care block to myself during the week and I've had a crazy week. I'm sorry, I have to keep this appointment. You don't have to tell it to them that way because they might think you're crazy. But just keep those appointments with yourself because they should be your highest priority because they're you taking care of you. And that's the only way to fit all this crap in. If we don't take care of ourselves, all of this falls apart, which is exactly what happened to me. So I knew I tried to schedule all this in. I tried to schedule in my podcast. I tried to schedule in my classes that I'm taking and my job and spending time with family and having fun. All of these things. I tried to cram it into the same 24 hours that we all have. And I looked at it. I tried to shift things. I tried to delegate. I tried to outsource. I tried to ask for help. I 
tried to shift and shift and shift and change things until I looked at it and I was like, there's, there's just no way. I can't do all of this. And so for me, I got to my last point. Um, I got to the point where I had to start asking myself hard questions. So that's my last thing for you. If you go through all of this stuff, this is the process that I went through. I tried all these things. I tried looking at my priorities. I tried speaking up at work and trying to change things. I made my mental health a priority. I managed my time. I set boundaries at work, right? I said no to extra shifts. I was saying no at work. I wasn't taking on too much, as much as I possibly could outside of my normal schedule. And I still felt overwhelmed. I knew that I still couldn't fit everything in. Then you need to start asking yourself really hard questions. That's where I got to. So I started to have to figure out, okay, what what's going to give? I can't do all of this, clearly. What's most important to me and what can shift? So start by re-examining the priorities that we talked about earlier. So look at your big, big top three or four priorities in your life and assess from there. So for me, the big ones that were important to me are my health, my f- physical and mental health, my relationships, and my my work, my podcast, and my business. So those are my very important things. Work falls below that to me. Um, obviously, I need to work to you know make a living and pay my bills and all of that. So it's important. And I do get a lot of fulfillment out of it. But there are things that are more important than it to me. So it's important that I am able to fit those other priorities into my life and then a job fits underneath that to me. That's how I kind of envision this fit is that I need those things to fit first and then whatever room is left is filled with a job and all the other things that I need to do. So at this point, you can ask yourself the question, does this job fit into my life? And if it doesn't, then you can go from there. Then you can ask yourself, well, is it the job altogether? Is it the schedule? Is it a change I can make? Um, Are there other shifts that I can make within other areas to fit all of this in? So you have to start asking yourself these questions. For me, I went through that process and I said, well, yeah, the job, the hours are the problem. And I looked at the job and I thought, you know what? I actually really, I like this job and I want to keep this job. So that's the other question for yourself is if you're getting to this point and the job isn't fitting, do you want the job? Is the job actually something that is giving you anything? Or could you find a different job that will better fit your life? Or can you find a job that's just less stressful? So you have to just kind of weigh your options and ask yourself these hard questions. So I got to the conclusion that I got to because I looked at my job and I thought, you know what, actually, I like this job. And I want this job specifically. I want to. I want this job to be sustainable for me. I don't just want to leave and go to something else because it's not really the work that's making me miserable. Um, it's not the work that's taking over. I like the people that I work with. It's the hours. It's the amount of work that I have to devote to this job. So I could look at that and think, okay, well, I need to change my schedule. There are a couple options with this as well. First option might be what I did going to a part-time basis. And again, with that, you got to figure out your options. You got to figure out what kind of schedule is going to work best for you. And then the other option could have been go part-time here and pick up something else that is just less stressful. You know, I could I could have gone part-time here and picked up a couple shifts at, you know, an outpatient clinic that was less less taxing on me so that I would have energy when I got home. So if you're in a situation where you're like, well, I, I need to work full time because I need the the hours and the income, then maybe there are other options. Maybe it's not 
just that you can't leave your job, that you have to stick to this because you need the, all of these hours. Maybe you can still make a shift. Maybe you can work part-time here and pick up part-time somewhere else or per diem where you can make up the, the extra money in an hour somewhere else that's that's not as taxing on you. And sometimes even just that variety alone is enough for people where they're not spending all their time at this one job that's kind of draining to them. You can pick up a shift here and there on, you know, a pediatric floor or ICU or whatever experience you have. That's, you know, you can knock on a 12-hour shift, usually make money per diem, make extra money per diem, and that can fill your income. So just look at your schedule, look at what tweaks you can make. There are all sorts of options in nursing. So for me, I looked at this and I decided for me that part-time was the best option. My husband and I discussed this. We talked about benefits. We talked about um, my 401k. We talked about all of these things that we had to consider if I was going to go part-time. And we also worked through all of the scenarios that could happen when I talked to my boss about this so that I could process it ahead of time and know what my response would be. I would know what my requirements were and also what things I could I could negotiate on or, or shift on. Um, so it's important that if you do make these sorts of decisions that you go through that process. Again, I'm happy to make a full episode about that just because I could delve into a whole thing about talking to management um, and that could just make this way longer than it already is. So <clears throat> It's important that you just go through every scenario for yourself and work through pros and cons lists. Those are great in these scenarios because it's hard to make these decisions. These are hard questions because it feels like it's a it's a big step. Feels like you're kind of jumping without a safety net a little bit. It also feels like you might be admitting that you can't do it all, which is not a comfortable feeling, not one that I liked for sure. <clears throat> that was probably the hardest part for me was admitting that I can't do all of this because I want to be the person that can do it all. We all want to be that. But it's important that you that you are honest with yourself. So that's a journey in this in this process too is being honest about, "Nah, you know what? I can't. I can't do all of this." So, I want to figure out a way to fit this into my life in a way that is sustainable. That's what I talked to my boss about. And Luckily, I have a really great manager who listened to me, heard what I needed and worked with me and gave me what I needed. So I, you know, I have nothing but good things to say for for my department and my manager because I brought this issue and she accepted my solution. She didn't um, tell me that I had to work a certain number of hours or that this is unacceptable. She didn't make me feel like I was doing anything wrong. She listened to me, understood. That's a good manager. So if you get to this point, I hope that that's the manager that you get to talk to as well. And if it's not, then maybe there's a shift that needs to happen anyway. Maybe that's just the universe telling you that this isn't the right fit. But I hope that this <laughs> this idea is helpful. The whole point of this episode, I really just wanted to talk to you guys about looking at your life and making sure that your personal life and all of your values fit along with your job, that you fit them into your life. It's not this balance that everything's going to be in perfect harmony all the time. It shifts, but it's important that you're not overflowing because we don't have that much time. We don't have that much energy. We can't do it all. So figure out what you can do best and what else fits and be honest with yourself about what you're going through, the pressures that you're feeling, what's feeling overwhelming. If you feel like you can't do everything that you can, ask for help. Look at your resources. Look at your options. Don't just say that things are frustrating. Don't just say that you can't do this. Figure out a solution. 
That's the only way that you can resolve this and get through it and build a sustainable nursing career. This is true for every area within your nursing career. If you are frustrated by something, if something is burning you out, don't just sit there and let it burn. Figure out how to fix it. Figure out how to work towards a better goal where you can continue in this career if that's what you want. Or if it's not, figure out a way to get out of this career and find something that works for you. Because life is just too short. We have an undetermined amount of days here. And I I just, I know for me, I don't want to spend it hoping that something changes and not doing anything about it and hoping that things get better and not doing anything about it. I don't want to be miserable. I want to build as joyful and as joyful and as impactful of a life that I possibly can. So I hope this episode is helpful. I know it's (laughs) as usual, you know, just all over the place. But I know that this is the sort of message that I wanted to hear. So I hope that it is resonating with someone right now. And if you have any questions, if you want to talk about this, if you're questioning things yourself in your career, please reach out to me. You can always reach me on Instagram at Ashley underscore nursing co-op. I hope to see you over there because we're going to have all sorts of really cool things coming up. I'm really excited for this change because it means that I can finally do what I want to do here because I was drowning. Guys, I'm going to be honest, it just was taking over my life. 60 plus hours per week sometimes, it's just too much. I couldn't do it myself um, because I care about way too much outside of work. And that's my dog. He's, you know, he's backing me up here. So... (laughs) I hope you guys have a really great week. I hope you have a laugh this week. I hope you smile this week. I hope that your shifts go well. And I will see you guys next time. Thank you so much for spending some time with me and our community in the nursing co-op. If you liked this episode and found some value in the content, please share it with any and all of your nursing friends on social media and tag me at Ashley underscore nursing co-op so that I can thank you personally. That way, we can continue to build this community and change nursing culture for the better. I can't wait to see what we create. I will see you next week, but until then, happy nursing.